back for another episode. We're just going to chit-chat about some stuff. This is Phil Stevens. I'm a powerlifter strength coach, highly engaged athlete, and I think I'm like three and a half meets out from my meet, something like that, three and a half weeks. I don't know. I'm tired. It's coming right up. Coming right up. Be on Columbus. Nice. Dr. Mike Nelson, uh, owner of Stream Human Performance, creator of the Flex Diet Certification, which is open until Monday, depending on when you listen to this. And I'm in uh, Weatherford, Texas, doing a grip competition later today, and I'm on my phone. So if I all of a sudden disappear off this episode, <laughs> my phone died. <laughs> Coach Jay or Coach Drill out of Strength Guild in Olathe, kind of Kansas City area. Cover lots of things, but weightlifting is kind of my primary thing. Uh, but been around the game for a little bit, had some CrossFit experience, all that. Uh, even some powerlifting stuff. Even some powerlifting coaching. That's what, that's what I think. Yeah. Nice. So, you got an athlete at the Junior Pain Ams? No, no. It's, uh, I just did their cut. Oh, okay. and I, she, she cut. She did pretty well. She took six and her. Her divisions, the 55s. Uh, so, I think she snatched 75 and finished with, I'll say, 93 on clean and jerk. So, wasn't so going to be a rough cut. Ended up being rough. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, for people that don't know, what is the significance of, say, Pan Ams in an off Olympic year? What are they looking to? Uh, it depends. It's two years. The ones that are important are like the two-year, like when they're, when you're in the Olympic cycle, essentially. Yeah. But placements score points. So each country accumulates points for high, you know, high placement. Obviously, more for gold and silver and bronze. Uh, but up to eighth place gets points. The more points your country scores, the more people you get to put into. The Olympics, essentially. But as of right now, we're not in the Olympics, so. Yeah. But this is a world champion year, isn't it, since they pushed the Olympics back? Um, so, yes, it's supposed to be, I think. But the way they met, because they, they did 2020 Worlds this year. Yeah. Like, so they did that earlier in the year. I don't know if they're still going to have that. I think they are going to have it for Worlds. But, yeah, I just. There's like a it's like a running Grand Prix essentially. So you have you accumulate points for each country, and you know that determines how many lifters you get to put into the big dance. If Did, we're even going to be in the big dance anymore. Yeah, exactly. Didn't didn't they change it though to where the athlete themselves has to earn their own spot? Because for a while there, you could earn spots for someone else. Yeah, well, they changed it to where it's like you have to complete so. It's not like you can just have, you know, your your B team go out and accumulate spots and you have this guy juicing yeah. all four years and then you put them in. You have to, like, you have to have so many, uh, they have, like, certain designations for meets that you have to do throughout the year or gotcha. throughout the cycle. So you have to do, um, you have to do a Pan Ams and, like, you have to do these inter- international meets to accumulate like, you know, otherwise your resume is not, like, it's not high enough to, like, get a spot. So 
now you have to complete, compete in, you know, at least, I think it's, it turns out to be like two meets a year, like two That's international cool. meets a year, something like that for at least two years to be qualified, be able to qualify for the Olympics. Gotcha. Cause it used to be they could do that. They could just send their B team in. Oh yeah. So they did all the time. And just earn the, spots. <laughs> you just earn spots and then send whoever you wanted. Yeah, then they send their their juiced guys. Yeah, that was <laughs> that, that was the strategy to beat that system. Well, that was awesome. Then, good uh, idea. Yeah, I mean, it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it it just kind of depends. Now, I'm they've changed the rules so often, so quickly in the last five years. That's like hard, hard to keep up with it yeah. if you don't have if you don't have any international lifters on the on the docket, which I yeah. do not currently. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just helped Emma with, with her cut. She, she trains with, uh, uh, Brian out of Florida. She's with, what's his name? Or Vero beach. That's the, the team. Gotcha. Name. Well, speaking of cutting for me, uh, <laughs> I was going to mention, we don't do this often, but, uh, more UFC fights this tonight, and uh, well, I was just following because one of my clients that I help with stuff is fighting. Uh, so good luck to you, Jessica. And uh, but I was talking to another buddy last night. The main card is Paulo Costa and Marvin Vettori, and we were talking last night. I guess you know they went to make weight. They got to make weight for these fights, and it was billed at a 185 fight months ago, and. Like two days ago, apparently Costa's coaches called and they're like, yeah, guys, we're not making weight. No way we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. And the UFC is like, fine, okay, we'll jump up one weight class. And uh, another day goes by, they call back, yeah, we're not making that either, guys. <laughs> so they jumped it up another. Um, the weight class is a 10 pound difference, right? They went from 185 to 195 and didn't make that. Yeah, and then, then 195 to 205, but then... Then he ended up weighing in at 218, 40.4. <laughs> so basically they're still letting the fight go on, but, you know, Vittori, who'd already made weight, he weighed in at 185. And so, I mean, if this is in Vegas, he's visiting all the buffets. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're letting it roll with a, what, a 30, almost a 35-pound difference between fighters. Oh, that's so, freaky. Yeah. How could they even so, let that go? I don't know. It can't be. I'm guessing they took away the because this was supposed to be for a belt contention fight. There's no way. They can't do that now. <laughs> it's not even fair. You know, the only good thing that could come out of it is if the lighter dude like whoops his ass. Yeah, he's got massive bragging rights. So, yeah. um, but yeah, the lighter dude. Don't you think just the the risk of just oh, getting yeah, injured? And- yeah. Just messed up. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that there's weight classes. Yeah, you know, be honest here. I mean, and the, essentially, the bullet guys are the same size. They're both six foot. There's like a one inch for each advantage. I mean, they're essentially built the same, but just one of them is 35 pounds heavier. Oh wow! So, and who knows what he does after weighing? He might right. be up to two thirty, two forty. No, that's just <laughs> so. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, if he's been uh, cutting out, but uh, somebody yeah. didn't take their dieting seriously. So, <laughs> yeah, 
you think I'm, I'm wondering how much that hurts like uh if they get docked money like I mean you, you know it's got to be so. in their contract like you got to make this wait this is what we're fighting at uh, right and I can see like if you're you know sometimes it's just harder process than what you expect and maybe it's a new person you're working with and there's a few unknowns and you know, whatever you get you a little bit closer I don't know I can almost understand that although it's that level you should have your shit figured out but yeah when you're that far off yeah that's a, that's a long ways off yeah three <laughs> three weight classes off yeah that's yeah. a pretty big deal so no so it'll be interesting to you know number one just see the fight but then hear the this the, the ramifications of it and what the ufc does and i mean i'm surprised they just didn't fill somebody find somebody to fill in but i bet they had nobody to fill in they probably didn't so once you go off the once you go from a championship match down to a regular match, like there's an associated bonus with having, you know, ha- having it be a championship match, which yeah. is pretty big, I think. Right? Yeah. So you're already taking that out to table, which I think is probably six figures. I don't know if that's total, yeah. like per the fighters or, you know, both. So you're already going down in that sense. And then, I mean, I don't even know what their base rate of pay would be, but. I don't know. Is definitely a lot less if you take the belt off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no kidding. So, yeah, and that's the only real news I got going on right now. Mm. I mean, like I said, my, my head's stuck in meat prep and the craziness that is this time of year. So, but what else have you guys heard? Anything going on? You guys, any more fights on the interwebs, Dr. Nelson? <laughs> oh, God. I haven't probably been on the interwebs at all this week. I had that's drove good. down to. Kansas City, and then drove yesterday from Kansas City here to Weatherford, Texas, and I was in Montana last weekend, and then I had a bunch of projects this week, so I've been, uh, I felt like I was back doing my PhD days again, where you get up <laughs> at 5.30 in the morning, and you, most days I could get a lift in, and then just work till you pass out in bed at like 11 or midnight, and rinse and repeat for four days in a row. <laughs> well, I suppose we're going to go to the topic we're going to talk about uh, why isn't there, should there be, and what are the ramifications, all that, of, you know, there's no national certification process or whatever you want to call it, licensing process. Yeah, licensing process to be a, a physical, to, to train people how to use their bodies, a physical trainer, whatever you want to call it, strength coach, any of that. Um, you know, like I personally have dropped all my certs just cause I didn't need them. Oh. <laughs> it was a waste of, I, I literally, nobody walks in my place and asks me where my NSCA fucking thing is. Uh, I'm going to pay some people to go down there now and harass you about it. Oh, sure. <laughs> so. No, but I mean, I can see it on both sides. Like if you want to do massage therapy, you need to be a massage, a licensed massage therapist. If you want to, Freaking drive a car. You need to get a license. You know, if you want to teach somebody how to do the, all these things. I mean, there's, there's a license for it. Yet there's, the entry level is essentially nothing in, uh, to teach people how to use their bodies. And we've all seen the wrecks that happen with that. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's essentially can be very dangerous when we put people in the wrong hands, uh, that don't give a shit, uh, <laughs> and have, don't have the knowledge. And then at the other end of the spectrum, it's, it's tough to, like okay, well, by whose rules do I have to go? Yeah. You know, type of thing. 
But I, I still lean towards the size that I would like to see some kind of entry level because, I mean, literally, in, outside of a health club, like, if you go to a mom-and-pop gym, like, if they don't, like, require you to get a cert, then it doesn't matter, really. You, you can just start calling yourself a, I'm, I'm a fitness coach or whatever you want to be called, and you're the it. You know, there's there's essentially no entry level. Now, you'd probably be smart to buy yourself some insurance, uh, <laughs> but, but you don't have to. That's the thing is you, you really don't have to. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think on the whole, just in the basics of it? You know, should there be, do you think? Uh, I mean, I would, my kind of stance on it is what would the goal be of the program? Like if it raises the baseline of training, Right, like the low end, right? Like the yep. like as a catch all. Great. But if you start getting to overreaching into like what people can actually do on site yeah. in the gym, that's when it gets kind of messy for me. Yeah. I don't think a lot of the licensed programs that I mean, you've suggested already, it's like you just have to the barrier of entry is just higher. So just based on that alone it keeps some of the goofballs out. Yeah. And that is fine, but you still have like a lot of goofy stuff. I mean with even like chiropractors and stuff like that, like which is a lot of schooling, you still get a lot of variation. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's something in the neighborhood of that, great. But there are other licensed licensure programs that I would describe it as like overreach where they like really you know, the standard of practice is very rigid and narrow. Because in my practice, I mean, with weightlifting or, you know, squatting and all that, there there is a contingency where people would be like, oh, that's extreme. Yeah. And then even though across the world, across the globe, like the, the training style that we do is not that extreme, it's kind of a normal, like, accepted thing. Yeah. So how far does it go in that sense? And, like, what what are the ramifications for, you know, being off? So that, that, those would be my questions for it. I haven't had too much issue personally because, but I did have to spend a lot of time learning how to like market, like, like market myself and stuff like that. Like it's harder that way because there's a lot more noise in our industry than most. Yeah. But, and I don't uh, know. That's what, yeah, go, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say my bias is that, <clears throat> I don't know. It's something I thought a lot about. Like I, think there should be some licensing there should be some barrier to entry because there's basically none right now mm-hmm. but then my second thought immediately is like oh crap who's gonna do that like yeah. what nutballs are gonna be in charge of it because i mean even on other you know high-end medical you know positions whether it's an anesthesiologist doctors of different sorts you know whatever profession you want to pick I know people in a lot of those professions that once you start having board exams, like who's on the board, what do they mm-hmm. force you to do, how many CEUs do you have to get, who gets the CEUs, how much do they charge you for it, when do yeah. you have to renew, and a lot of times it ends up being just I'm a bunch grab. of kind of hoop hopping, and you pay out thousands upon thousands of dollars to, yeah. to do it, and it turns into a disaster. Yeah, and that's the problem. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's problems both ways. <laughs> Right. Uh, like right now it's a totally free market and they, you know, basically the whole world is going by the CrossFit market 
The cream will rise yeah. to the crop. You know, it's basically what we have going on right now. Um, <clears throat> and like the, the stupid people, the hurt people will end up going to jail or whatever. They'll just be gone. But no, and that, but I mean, the, the, the problems exasperated even more, like especially here in Kansas, where you go to some other states and the people helping out on, like on the schools and stuff are actually strength coaches. Mm-hmm. Here it's like Jim's the science teacher. He's now your strength yeah. coach. <clears throat> because he, he knows science. Yeah, and he played football. And it's like, oh, God, come on. You got, like, especially the state of our kids now. Yeah. They don't know how to move at all. And then they've got Jim, the ex-football player. Um, not you, Windler, but uh, don't take that. <laughs> 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 um, Phone lights up. Uh, hey! Fuck. <laughs> You're talking shit on me again. Uh, uh that just it takes these kids that don't know how to move their own bodies and puts them through, you know, you always hear it like, we're using Nebraska's program from 1990s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Huge. And, you know, <laughs> shut up and squat more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like. You know, then you got that going on. So uh, it'd be nice if there was, like you said, some kind of entry level. Like, you got to pass the driver's test. That wasn't that hard. You know, just prove that you know yeah. how to do something. And then every six years, come back and retest, you know. Uh, as long as there's a baseline for, like, what you're responsible for, <laughs> like, yeah. that accumulating, like, some body of work that, like, I don't know if anyone does that now. There's accumulating data on a body of work on, like, common, I don't know, injuries or injuries that you shouldn't see in the gym, blah, blah, blah. Like, that. Because even if you were to go to court, right, I can have to defend your program. Pretty much anything could be on the list of negligence right now. Yeah. You know, like yeah. There's nothing crossed off. Yes. So that's a negative in that sense. But it also, I mean, it's also hard to do. Like, his most, you know, exercise programs are, you know, voluntary and so on and so forth. And it's hard to prove one side or the other. So it's, yeah. it's bad for the coach and the athlete to some degree. But it depends on who kind of gets in, involved with that because, I mean, I wouldn't want it to be so, like, vanilla and, like, we have to be so careful and so yes. gentle. This is a hard process. Like, physical culture is a hard process no matter which, no matter what kind of thing you jump into, whether it's martial arts, lifting, or, and there is some level of, like, yo, I just got to accept this, this idea of risk. But you do want to at least know, like, yo, this person knows what's going on. Yeah. Without having to, I mean, due diligence goes a long way, but it, it's also kind of one of those things where it's like, I can, I mean, most people can make themselves look however they want online. Yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Who's going to look into your, you know, certifications? Like, who's really going to dig back? Well, I'm going to go make sure he's not lying. You know, nobody's called up the NCNA and seeing if you have a CSCS, unless it's a university or something. But no individual you're training. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not they're not doing background checks. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's that's tough. It's because now I always like the idea of kind of what the CSCS does, where you have to have some sort of degree. They don't now. They don't just you know. It's not a degree in the field directly, I don't think. Yeah. But no, it would be nice yeah. if you got somewhere. It's like you have to have some sort of educational background in the field, some anatomy, physiology, ex-physiology stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say the same for 
I mean, not quite the same, but something similar for supplement stuff too, because that's kind of the Wild West in the same oh, yeah. thing. Yes. And that's what's tough too. I mean, at least if we had some kind of program like that, like, I can't tell you how many people that I talk to that are handing out programs that are, that are also handing out like detailed nutrition programs and they have no clue they're breaking the law. Oh yeah. Like they don't know they're breaking the law. They're and at least if that could be in this certification for people that want to train people in the physical realm. Like, here's what you can, here's your scope of practice. If you step over here, you're, you know, it's a misdemeanor. Don't do it. You know? yeah. <laughs> Type of thing. Like, you're literally like breaking the law. Um, or if you want to, go get, you know, that certification. So, uh, yeah. I mean, and the only way I figured out that might be a way around it is two things is, I don't think the industry will change unless it's consumer pressure. And yeah. right now, unfortunately, most consumers, not all, and I think it's gotten better, just they're like, oh, we'll just go to a normal gym and we'll just find a trainer. Sounds yeah. good. I'm yeah. just like, if if you're going to have an ACL replaced, I think you're probably going to get a decent referral from an orthopedic yeah. and talk to him or her, you know, but... I don't know. I remember years ago I was at a volleyball game I was playing and I was just talking to someone I met there and she's like, Oh, what do you do? And I was telling her and I was, you know, going back to school to finish my PhD and she's like, Oh, that's so cool, you're certified. And I'm like, Oh, have you have you heard of the NSCA CSCS? She's like, No, what's that? Mm. I'm like, Oh, that's the certification I just told you I had that you were excited about. She's like, I've never heard of it. And I'm thinking you were more impressed by a certification that you just told me you know nothing about than the fact that I'm finishing a freaking terminal PhD. degree in the field. <laughs> <laughs> I went home and I'm like, I don't know if I should laugh or cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the truth, though. Most people, like, you're dealing with, if you're dealing with it, people off the street, like, I could hang, I could put up some fake degree from Harvard on my wall and they'd buy it. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. That's just a fact. <laughs> you know, and they really don't care. Yeah. Um, like, I honestly, mean, this, you, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, part of it, too, is like kind of the undercurrent of anti intellectualism that, like, the second you have this barrier, right, and you have the people who are in, you're going to have the, the scammers who are like, oh, like, that's they have to be too careful and like they market under like underneath that where they're like, Oh yeah, they're the clean, like they're doing this. They don't do enough or whatever. Like they can always, as soon as you're, you have that line drawn, like there will be a, an undercurrent of like resistance. Oh yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. You know, that's, that's always going to be the problem. And that boils down to the who. And then, and then that who always breaks down how much money they're taking, and then there's a fight, and then yeah. you know, there's, now there's two certifications that are recognized. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I would just ask, I would ask both of you guys, both in terms of like how much experience you guys. So, how many times have you seen like a great idea, great concept, great exercise, whatever, simply misused, and then it's a horrible idea, a horrible concept? Oh, right. Like just a oh, misappropriated concept. Right. So how do you determine that line for, a, you know, what's good, what's bad? You know, 
Yeah. Because you guys, I'm sure, have seen a ton, as have I, where it's yeah. like, great idea, great concept, great ex- whatever it is, inappropriate or misappropriated or misused, yeah. yep. and then it's a horrible idea, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, that happens with everything, right? I mean, yes. in the fitness world, it's the... I think it was Alan Cosgrove who said this back in the day. It's like the over and under reaction to like everything. Yeah. Like years ago, I started doing some stuff with, with fasting for metabolic flexibility. Turns out it worked pretty well with clients. Like Brad Pylon's book was the only real book out on fasting. And I'm like, okay, so if this ever gets popular and it started trending a few years after it started getting more popular and I'm like, Oh shit. We're going to have like fasting competitions, like <laughs> penis waving contests now. <laughs> and yep, now it's like three day fast. No, seven day fast. You know, it's like you can't have anything moderate. It, it's either like the dumbest thing you've ever heard of and nobody does it. And then it becomes accepted. And then it's like, how extreme can we make this thing? Yeah. And it, you just almost always ruin it <laughs> in the process. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's part of that's human nature and just wanting to take everything yeah. extreme. But I'm gonna do a seventy eight day fast. Yeah. Take nothing but sunlight. Right. And squat uh, and so squat every day. It doesn't matter how you feel. Hey, yeah. your performance is getting worse. No, just shut up and squat. Oh yeah, yeah. drink a gallon of milk every day too. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, and I mean that's so the, even those concepts, right? Like those concepts people swear by, right? The gallon of milk a day. Yeah. Squatting every day. My my listening my weightlifting we squat every day, but there's a, a style and a strategy to it, right? Like totally. So there's if it's one of those things where it's like this here's a great idea. Under the right in most of the time in our field, it's like under the right coach, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Under the wrong sure. coach, this is devastating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's one of those things like how do you make how are you gonna set the rules, right? So if the idea itself can be seen, it can be all good and also extreme and extremely negative. It's like, how, what baseline are you going to set the rules upon? Because there's not, there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's some obviously, but there's not a whole lot in our field that's like widely agreed upon. Yeah. And that's where, yeah. I mean, what will we all agree on? You know, essentially like where, where would those lines be drawn in? The people in the room who would be making these rules, right? Like, I don't, it's not going to be, you know, like us, or it's not going to be like, you know, there's not going to be a Jim Windler on the panel, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> not going to be, yeah, like, what, who's the panel yeah. and what, what is the basis yeah. of our. Be the, the police of this force. <laughs> yeah, like, who, who, don't who do is going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know all that's the tough questions, and that's that's what usually leads me back to. Eh, we're just fine where it is. I just got a deal knowing I'm going to see lots of dumb stuff by dumb people. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, you kind of. I don't know. It's it's maybe just the explosion of the fitness field over the last twenty years. It's like everybody's a coach now. Yeah. You know? Everybody, and it wasn't that way, you know. There were like a few, and uh, it just became trendy as hell. And I think that's why we've seen, you know, with any huge upturn like that. Like I don't know if we if we had two million people join the army tomorrow and want to be soldiers, like five hundred thousand of those would be shit. 
know? <laughs> probably, probably more than that. But. Yeah, probably more than that. That's what I'm saying. Any field. Like, uh, if 200,000 people came to me for a job, like I opened a huge company, like I would just have to fire a quarter of them right away because, buddy, you're just not going to make it. And there's no way of doing that right now. There's no, yeah. aside from all us yelling back at them, like, dude, you suck, you're killing people, you're hurting people. Um, you well, there's this culture, you know, an undercurrent of, or this culture of, at least in the fitness world, of like, I would just call it like just ne- toxic positivity, so to speak, where it's like, so in the scientific field, peer review is such an important part of the process, right? Like, peer review is what, you know, at least stabilizes, like, because you can, in, any study can be made or created, right? And any study can be, you know, twisted or any numbers, any data sets can be twisted this way or that way. But it's up to the field, like the peer review to say, it's like to ask those questions and condemn this, like whatever the science is. Mm-hmm. But for us, like if you, if you, any of us went out and really criticized, like directly, like, yo, this person is doing the goofiest nonsense ever. Yeah. Most people, like the, the average person, uh, I wouldn't say that necessarily the average person, but like uh, a good chunk of people would just be like, oh, you're just negative. You're just a mm-hmm. hater. Like our industry yeah. has that level of, you know, dissonance towards just peer review process yeah. in general. You just don't understand. Exactly. <laughs> and how much is that? I mean, obviously, that, like it happens in, you know, the medical field, too. I guess we'd, now is like a big, big example of that. Yeah. Where you have that. But. Like our field is like, it really is like, oh, they're, they're doing something positive. Like stop hating on them. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like why do you have a 600 pound person working towards a box jump? That's, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, it's good for Instagram, but that's a dumbass thing to do. Yeah. 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 You're just looking to hurt them. Like you're, uh, and that's part of it. I mean, it's like the people, they, a lot of people just don't understand the risk versus reward. You know, yeah. having a 600-pound person, like, why do that when there are 700,000 other things that, that you could do that have a much less degree of hurting that person? And, and they're being, on the ground. Being at least as effective, if not more. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, and I don't know. Yeah, I, look, I see it all the time, too, so. And I, I, I'm not one for more governing, either. No. But but it's like oh it's, it's a hard one. It's like which way do you go? Do you just let it be the wild west and we continue to see people just come and go and people get hurt from it? Or you know, and that's the only bad part, really. I mean, I could care less if some guy decides to be a trainer and then three years later he's gone after he makes seven thousand Instagram posts, falls, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's gone because that's what happens. But yeah. it's the people they hurt along the way. Uh, that trusted them and, uh, yeah. you know, didn't know any better. I mean, and then you can come back to, well, that's their personal responsibility. They should have looked into who they were hiring and, you know, but. You know, I just think like a big root of the problem is like it's not treated as an actual profession, which drives me insane. Yes, yes. I mean, you can have people who, you know, like all of us have spent our careers doing this thing for you know how many decades that you know how much education and personal experience and whatever and even then even if you have a degree like i do and you try to explain it to someone they're like oh so you're a trainer yeah. like, well kind of but they, they make it sound like it's this weird 
thing like you just picked up a weekend cert and you're this yes. weirdo who's just been doing this for like a couple decades. It doesn't yes. seem like it's a accepted profession compared to other things. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Yeah. It's not it definitely not viewed as that and I think part of that has become the the influx and the ability to become one overnight. And oh, part sure. of that part of that is CrossFit. Really part of that is. I mean, yeah. because it wasn't until they came along that you could do it already. You could literally go like study the ISSA book and take the cert, you know, whatever. And and get certified that and if as long as you have good Reading retention skills, you could probably do that in a weekend. Read the book, go take mm-hmm. the test. But it wasn't marketed like they turned it into a big marketing machine. Like, come take the class over the weekend. You're a coach the next day. Like, and open your own box. And yeah, you know, it was pushed, and it made people realize they could go from gas station and then to, to gym owner and coach overnight. Uh, so yeah, and that's where we got that huge influx. So I have a direct example of that from there was a well back when I worked at CrossFit Lee Summit there was a dude who worked out at the 5am session for a while and it wasn't even like a long time either like he just worked out with us and you know myself and I even considered myself an apprentice at the time like I didn't consider myself like a, like the coach or a coach I was just implementing you know programming um you know, he was with us, and CrossFit Summit had been open for probably closest to five, six years, maybe. So we had a, a body of work and all that. Mm-hmm. person was there for less than a year, I'd say maybe even in, like, the six-month range. And it was, like, their first experience with anything physical culture. Like, they were an IT person. They hadn't done any physical training, just loved, you know, CrossFit and, like, what we were doing. Got certified, opened the gym, right? Yeah. Certified, opened the gym, had a grand opening workout. And from whatever that grand opening workout, there was a girl who had who got rhabdo and was in the hospital oh. for like a week. Yeah. Right? Oh. Like so, and you just kind of look back at what the, the actual case was, is what I would call it. But so you look at this particular case, like what was the prescription and how was it scaled to them and like what was the deal? And – it was like, just like a minor, like a one step back situation. You don't even know this person. You haven't seen a move. You haven't seen them do anything, what their history is in terms of physical culture. And the minimum effective dose for that day was ignored for, you know, a higher stimulus so that you could mm-hmm. get that end of the workout feeling and you're like, oh yeah, this is awesome. But if you mm-hmm. have never had any experience like that, you've never had any experience with coaching and training people and seeing, I mean, Rabdo is the most ridiculous thing. Like that's the most ridiculous thing to happen as a coach or a trainer, right? Yeah. Like, like it's not easy it, to do. Yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing that should happen from a, a voluntary exercise program that's supposed to make you fit. Like you should not end up in the hospital for a week. Yeah. Right. You know, and then obviously the story doesn't go anywhere, so no one really sees it or knows about it. So CrossFit is still CrossFit. But it's like that criticism of the program in general with CrossFit fed CrossFit initially because it was like this program so hard it could kill you. And then people were like, oh, yeah, I want to do that one. <laughs> yeah. But you had 
an example where it's like a simple change would have made a huge difference in that in that girl's life. Like that experience probably ruined fitness for her for either Forever. ever. Forever, yeah. yeah. Or she's really, I mean, maybe she'll dive in and be like, why did this happen? Like, it shouldn't happen. You know, what, why was I so out of shape? Whatever. But it shouldn't happen, right? Like, it's a simple thing, too. And that should never happen because she could have potentially died, right? Like, if you're, oh, yeah. She fail. Like, that's a death. Fail. From a grand open, like, how, and how, how bad is that for everyone involved? Like, the coaches would feel, like, everyone would feel terrible about it. So it's one of those things where, like, that is bad. But here in my case, I kind of went the Wild West route, so to speak, and I spent time with, you know, you, Phil, and, you know, Coach Bros and stuff like that. There's no certification for that process, which is a huge chunk of the process, right? Like a huge chunk of what's important with training people is, like, actually being able to train people. And that's uh, in a perfect world. That's where I would lead, but nobody's gonna ever do it. Nobody's gonna do it with no. any. Well, unless you're like, I would love to see like an apprentice program where you have to shadow somebody mm. for this amount of time, or two people, or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't, and they have to sign off on you. Yes, and they, your ability to actually coach and things like that. Um, I can't see it ever being built. I mean, no, no system right now does that. So basically, we'd be starting from scratch and then getting everybody to buy into this within an industry that hates each other. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it'd be tough to do, but uh, that would be that would be amazing. I mean, I would love to see that. Uh, but yeah, and with CrossFit, yeah. I find it's almost the the ultimate irony because, as as you mentioned, Darrell, there's especially ten years ago, there was a lot of gyms that just were horrible. But at the same time, when I was doing a lot more continuing ed for different gyms, especially up until two years ago, I could almost guarantee that frosted people at least wanted more information where I couldn't really say that by about a lot of other organizations. Yes. Other organizations, the first question I got is how many CEUs do I get? You don't even yeah. know what I'm talking about yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where at least with CrossFit, again, a lot of them, they were the first people to sign up and were interested and actually would show up and pay money to get better too. Yes. So it's weird how you can have such a, diversity extremes from, you know, one end to the other end of the spectrum. I mean, look, I would say this about, at least with my experience in CrossFit, there is a huge base of knowledge on the CrossFit Journal that's actually good. Oh, There's yeah. like, I mean, Bill Starr wrote for, yeah, Bill Starr yeah. wrote for CrossFit. Like, there's, you know, a huge base of knowledge. It just was, you know, mostly ignored for other things, but. Yeah. <laughs> Like the impracticality of it, but it's also not unique to CrossFit. I think CrossFit just kind of popularized the problem. Yes. But the strength coach who gave all those kids rhabdo at whatever it was, Iowa, right? Yeah. All those kids get, and he, I'm sure he had a, you know, you know, whatever certification, gives them all rhabdo, which that honestly should be a, that's a fireable thing. Like almost instantly you should be fired for something yeah. like that. There's, there's no way. That you should have, I mean, one kid maybe because of the nature of football. I'll yes. give you that. Yeah. But to have like half, you know, Multiple. whatever it was. Yeah. It was like eight or something. Yeah. yeah. It was like six or eight or something. I can't remember the exact number. Your starting lineup yeah. is out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So all these kids had, you know, were in the hospital. That guy actually went and got, and he was one of the highest paid strength coaches at the time too. He was in the like 250K range. And like, 
So he goes from that and then he ends up, he's, he was at the Jaguars yeah. with Urban Meyer for a bit. And then, you know, they said, Oh, no, no, no. We don't want any part of that. <laughs> but so it's, it's not unique to CrossFit. I just, that's in my experience, that's just where I've seen it the most. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where the average people have seen it the most. Yeah. I think it happens all over the place. It just brought it to light. It was happening before yeah. that. Oh, definitely. It just brought it into the public light. I mean, I, and that was the appeal of CrossFit, though, too, was like, hey, you haven't done anything. Come in here, and it'll be really hard. Yes. You know, that well, was the uh, whole appeal of it. And it was open to anybody. You know, Correct. anybody can do it, you know. So, like, there's still a ton of people that, like, oh, I can't do a pile of me. No, you literally can. Like, I can, yeah. as long <laughs> as you can squat down and bench something, you can fucking yeah. do it. You know, like, the yeah. entry level is low. It's, like, you just have to be able to complete the move. Um. But people think they can't. But for some reason, people think they can, like, do Murph. That, that yeah. is, like, a hundred times Ooh. higher, harder than a powerlifting meet. Like, a powerlifting oh. meet is essentially nine reps at yeah. whatever load you want. Yeah, you fix the load, <laughs> you know, too. You it's not a load. fixed thing. <laughs> so, and so, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. So, I don't yeah, know. It's a my, tough one. My last little beef, too, is that, there's no one that I can see as a professional organization arguing for exercise. And yes. everyone is trying to grab a little portion of it, whether it's the, you know, registered dietitians in their group or the physical therapist or the massage therapist or whatever groups. But I don't see anyone. I know ASAP tried to do this. ACM, ACSM, maybe, but they're a little bit more kind of on the medical side, but they've tried a little bit too. All organizations have kind of tried a little bit to argue for exercise, um, but I just don't see a main group that's arguing and saying, hey, we want, you know, personal trainers to be treated as a profession. We think exercise is important. You yes. know, here's what we recommend. You know, here's our licensing exam or whatever. And I know, again, organizations have tried to, to do that, but I don't know. To me, that just seems odd because you as a trainer then you've got other groups that are trying to say no we own nutrition or we own exercise movement or no you can't touch people like wait a minute can i touch them to cue them well oh that's okay but you can't do any anything else and yeah and i understand why there's there's lines there like you know i don't want someone doing a spinal adjustment on me who just took a weekend cert i get it there's definitely risks with things but I just don't see someone arguing for a cohesive approach to exercise, I guess. Yeah, and and in that is a reason why, you know, unlike the other fields, like if you are obese, you can because nutrition is licensed is a licensed thing, you could essentially maybe get insurance money to get help with that. To help you right. lose weight. In the nutrition end of the deal, we don't have any kind of certified fitness. We have, if you're broken, <coughs> we have PTs. Right. So, but the, at that point, you're, you're you're seen as a broken body. Uh, we need to get the body fixed enough to where it can run itself, and then go. Then, then you can go be fat. You know, yeah. <laughs> but at least you're walking <laughs> out of pain. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, the the benefit to some kind of certification deal would be then. Maybe there is that. Now we we start seeing exercise as an important thing. It's a licensed field. It's a, okay, now I am 
I am overweight. My doctor says I need exercise. They can prescribe me to them. Right. You know, it's, and that would be great. The bad part of that is then I don't know if I want to sign up to that organization. I know. Because I don't know if I want to deal with a fucking bunch of people that don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They yeah. just get prescribed to me, you know. <laughs> so. Like, and then if they just show up, as long as they show <laughs> up. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't think. I don't know how much of the audience is in the NBA stuff. If they just show up and they're like Ben Simmonsing the whole practice, you're like, yeah. <laughs> nothing is happening here, but you, know, you got to like send them away. It's talking to like my PT and PTA friends, and that's what they're like. They're like literally yeah. like one out of 15 people actually want to do this. Right. <laughs> you know? They'll get one out of 15 that are compliant and want to fix themselves. So the rest of them just come in and punch the clock and get the hell out. Um yeah. So and that's it too. Like they just do that and think it's enough. Like yeah. So, like hey, you got to do your homework if you want to get better. And they're like, no, no, no. I am here for that. I did it here. Yeah, we did our twenty minutes. I'm good. I'm gonna be healed. I'm gonna be like yeah. Because then you've got. I mean, a lot of professionals I know are are opting to do cash only businesses from you know doctors to physical therapists to chiropractors to hands on therapists because they're like I. I just don't want to deal with people that are sent to me who don't want to be here. Want to be if here. I'm doing a exactly. cash-only business, I am opting out of all of that, and I get people who want to do the work and want to get better. So, Yep. And that's where we're at right now. But Yeah. You know, so, and that's the beauty of my, you know, my place, too, is I, I have no qualms about telling somebody to get the hell out of here. <laughs> you don't think, get out. <laughs> get out. Squats, get out. <laughs> yeah i mean that's one of the reasons i stay in minnesota too is not to advertise it too much but i don't want people doing weird shit but minnesota is one of the weird states where you don't have to be an lmt to work on someone it's a county regulated thing um so for all the hands-on work i've done obviously i've taken courses in it and i'm skilled in it. it's not something i just started doing um but no one's ever i had one person ask if i was an lmt uh, yeah. You know, how many paid one sessions I've done now? 251. Like, no one's asked, yeah. you know, which for me is great, you know, because I don't like any of the restrictions. I don't like being told and, you know, how to do things. But I understand that that has a downside, as we just talked about, too, because the barrier to entry is not there and not everyone is going to take it as a profession and put the time no, and and that's to the actually problem. get better at it. Yeah. That's the issue. It is the issue because the issue generally is in like the fitness world. It's like most people joining it, most people jumping into it. I mean, I would say they are 18 to 20 something young men that want to come in and make some money. They're yes. not doing it because they really love the field and they studied it and they're passionate about the field. Um, they're looking at it as a way to, you know, make enough money to go out on Friday and Saturday night. Um, <laughs> and then they, I get to look good anyway, so I'll look good for Friday and Saturday night too, because I'm in the gym every day. Yeah. Uh, wow, personal <laughs> attacks over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but no, actually, I never thought I would be a co- like. I never, I had the opinion I I wouldn't that coaching wasn't a real thing. I guess thought it was like something you kind of maybe did as like on the side because you enjoyed yeah. it, but I never looked at it. I never thought I would be where I am right now in terms of like I would say I'm a professional coach and 
yeah. I have a wide base of knowledge, you know, in terms of, you know, training people towards, I would say specific goals. So I, I had the same opinion. Like I didn't know that this was a thing. And even I went to school for X phys. They changed my degree name. So it's, it's way different now. I don't even remember what my degree is called. Um, I think it's kinesiology with an exercise physiology emphasis. Yeah, that's what most schools are because kinesiology is the catch-all department name, but yeah. Yeah, so I think, and I never thought to myself, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to be a trainer. And they didn't even have that on the list of things that you could do when they were talking about careers. <laughs> like, it was everything else. I mean, and all of the stuff I was going to go do, which sucked, it was always like, all right, you got to go to this PT office. You need to design cardio programs for, you know, yeah. patients, which, oh, my yep. God, I, I, that's just <laughs> a sad job. <laughs> or or corporate wellness. Those are the only yeah. things, like, you were going to get it. Like, those are the things they try to push you into. It's like, I don't want to, like, the corporate wellness thing, like, if you listen to anyone who does that, that sucks because they're just there. So <laughs> really it's like, hard. you know, I'm just there. So I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm trying yeah. to drop my in- insurance costs. I was like, so I didn't even think coaching was a thing until I started hanging around other people who were coaching and were like, oh, yeah, this has been a garage profession for decades now, you know, or years and years. And so, I mean, even look at the highest performing coaches around and what are, where do they work now? Usually, obviously, a CrossFit gym now, but before it was like a garage, you know, like their garage. Yep. They had all the secrets yeah. to weightlifting. <laughs> And they're the only gym like that in, you know, within two hours of you. Yeah. So you're like, so how much of our knowledge even got passed on through that? I mean, Tommy Kono, one of our best, just lifted in his basement. Yep, by yeah. himself, in his basement. So. <laughs> That's so crazy. It's a good thing. His basement ceilings aren't tall. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, my last point too is like when I was doing the labs when I was uh, doing my PhD, we had a lot of exercise physiology students that came through because I taught in an exercise physiology department and I was teaching the 400 level exercise physiology class. But it was crazy that that was just a uh, kind of a feeder program for people who were going to be physician assistant or physical therapist or nursing or, and that's great. I think it's a great background for all those professions. But it just seemed weird to me that like the option of, yeah, you can do this as a profession and actually train people was just never really discussed. Like, it wasn't really a thing. Like, they all thought I was, like, the big weirdo because I actually trained people. Like, no, we're just doing this to pass and get the knowledge. I'm like, but don't you kind of want to know, like, how you would apply this to at least yourself? And most of them are like, no. No. Like, you're you're in a freaking exercise physiology class. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say that about my program, too. It's like, the people I was in class with is like honestly you would not want those people training anyone like i no, think back to that no. <laughs> like i think i was the only person who was like okay i mean there was a i remember a girl in class she she was in the feet like in our program in the exercise science program but was letting her boyfriend trainer right and then had her doing and she wasn't doing any sports she wasn't an athlete or anything had her doing like some bossy ball stuff and she like sprained her ankle or broke her ankle real bad. And I was like, you're oh. in this program. <laughs> like, yeah. 
you didn't see what your boyfriend was doing as like, oh, these are red flags. Like, uh, yeah, right. I'm going to train on my own. Yeah. And now you're on crutches and you're like, oh, it was just a freak accident. No, your boyfriend's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the resounding theme is good luck it would be neat, that. but good luck. <laughs> yeah, it would be neat, but it's hard to implement. I mean, it's all it's damn near impossible to implement without yeah. just fucking it up in some way. There's so many ways it could go wrong, but there's so many ways, so many benefits. Like I said, I mean, there's somebody out there that would love to be prescribed a bunch of people that don't want to, you know, there's some like, like me, I'm not a big hoorah coach. Like, yeah, oh. let's do this. Get up, guys. Let's go. I got this for you. I don't know. Who's the guy with the furry hair and the leg warmers? Uh, <laughs> sweating the oldies. It's like guys. all of them. You're going to have to. Yeah. 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 The sweating of the oldies guy. Like, I could see uh, him. Simmons. Take, yeah, oh, Richard, Richard Simmons. Simmons. Like, would love to have, like, 100 people that don't want to be there and just, like, cheer them up and make them want to be there. Yeah. That's not me. Well, actually, you know, <laughs> he's, like, one of the biggest voices. He's, like, one of the biggest voices in physical education. Like in terms of talking to people in the government, he he is an advocate for us in a way. But oh yeah, he's a huge advocate for you know obviously physical education and stuff. But that's our voice, right? Is that guy who's you know dancing around the living room? You know that's what it's all about. It's like, nah, (laughs) come in here and pick up this kettlebell or whatever. And they're like, oh, extreme. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what I was getting at, there are there's certain people out there that love that. Like they oh, don't they don't mind like like they want to be your driving force and help you do this. And like I'm the opposite. Like bring your <laughs> own driving force in here and I'll guide you. And then yeah. get, leave me the fuck alone because I'm going to go over here and drink my cranberry juice and get ready to squat. So, <laughs> we're not the driving force. We're the resistance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I could see a big benefit in that. I would love to see just and hell, I mean along with that just being active. Yeah. Pushed more by our health agencies. Yeah. Like, oh shit, if we just got people to move a little bit, yeah. our society yeah. would be so much so much better place. Yeah, go walk. Uh, yeah. That's it. it doesn't have to, yeah. Just just go walk around. Uh yeah. But, and it would be nice. I mean, but, but what are you going to do? I mean, now we're going to put little watches on people and you're fined if you don't get 10,000 steps a day. Eh, you know, yeah. How do we do that? So yeah. Mike Wine stuck hers in the dryer and got 12,000 steps. <laughs> <laughs> you there got you go. That's what you come to iron radio for is those kind of secrets right there. Right. Your watch <laughs> said you got 12,000 steps and it was 143 degrees. Where were you? Yeah, I asked her, I said, what the hell happened here? She's like, oh, I forgot, and my watch ended up in the dryer. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Uh, okay, guys. All right. That'll be enough for this week. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We will be back again next week with God knows what. <laughs>